Hello and welcome to podcast 30 from Football Aranya, talking everything Dutch football. I'm Michael Statham and I'm joined by podcast regulars James Rowe and Michael Bell. This time we're focusing upon the end of the Eredivisie season, giving you our teams of the season and answering your questions covering Ajax, PSV and Feyenoord, as well as a preview to a Dutch under-17s adventure to England's Euro 2018. Do the Netherlands' latest potentially world-class young talents have a chance of winning the tournament? You can listen to us or download this podcast on YouTube, SoundCloud and iTunes. Enjoy! I thought it would be nice to maybe start with our uh, Eredivisie teams of the season as it might be a fair reflection on what's been going on really. Um, Michael, would you like to offer your team of the season first? Uh, yeah, I've gone for PSV's Jerome Zut in goal. I think he's had an outstanding season and um, without him, I don't think PSV would have got as many wins as he did. I think he saved them a few times with some outstanding saves. And it's only because of sometimes when he does play for Netherlands, he has made mistakes that he's not the outright number one for his, for his country. But for PSV, he's been outstanding. He was given a very public substitution last week because I think this is the end for him in the Eredivisie. I think he's going to get a big move this summer and he's going to be very difficult to replace. Um, for right back, it's difficult because there's not very many that have stood out. Um, and I've gone for Santiago Arias of PSV, I think. He's been, throughout the season, a weapon for them on the right-hand side. At left back, I've gone for NAC Breda's Angelino. He's had an excellent season. Um, and he's now wanted by Ajax and PSV if they can get him away from Manchester City. In central defence, I've gone for Matthijs de Ligt. And Frankie de Jong, I think when they played together, they created something special in that Ajax back four. And um, I want to see more of that going forward. Um, even at the national team, I think when Frankie de Jong gets back, I know he's a midfielder by trade, but in, in the centre of defence, he offered something from different for Ajax, which they missed when he got injured. Um, De Ligt has just been a machine throughout the campaign. And even today, he set up a goal with a, a fine dribble forward and an absolute perfect cross. Uh, he's just an outstanding player and I really hope he stays at Ajax. In midfield, Hakim Ziyech. He's had his criticism, but I think you can't deny that he's probably the best midfielder in the Netherlands by far. He, his skill, his, his dribbling ability, is just his range of passing is just incredible. Um, he had a game today as well. He's shone throughout it. You know, the crowd usually get on his back today to just appreciate it because it's probably the last time they're going to see him. I've also gone for PSV captain Marco van Hinkel. I don't think they would have won the title without him as well. Uh, he popped up with some penalties when you say that PSV missed the majority of theirs last season and he's just scored every single one he's taken this year. It's just added extra points. Um, his leadership from midfield has been, been crucial for them. I've gone for a front three without a striker. Um, I've gone for Herving Lozano. Um, who, yeah, the Mexican is just—he's been great for PSV this season. Um, Feyenoord's Steven Berkus—they've had a disappointing campaign, but he's contributed goals and assists every single game. Basically, uh, I still can't believe that he didn't get a chance at Watford because he's just an outstanding player. And Ariza Johan Bakash, who has had a terrific campaign for AZ and is going to go into the World Cup, full of confidence and it's going to be almost impossible for AZ to keep him this season. He's just been outstanding. And up front, I'll go with Fran Sol of Wilhelm Tway. I think he's been crucial for them this season and keeping him up. He scored 
a lot of goals for a team that struggled throughout the campaign. Um, he's wanted now by Valencia and several other other Divisi clubs. Uh, well, my formation first and foremost is four four two. There are some uh, some names that uh, Mike Mike has already named, but I'll, I'll go through them nevertheless. Uh, I have the same goalkeeper uh, in Udo and Sut. I think he's had a tremendous season and. Uh, it could be uh, ripe that the time is ripe for him to move, but uh, I think his choice of club is is very very important. Uh, also, with the right back, my right back is the same. Same with uh, Matthias de Lift. But then there's a uh, there's a change. I've gone for Excelsior um, Rotterdam centre back Jurgen Matei. I think he's had a good uh, solid season in a surprising um, Excelsior Rotterdam side that is it. Um, surprised many many people with their performances especially away from home and having such a small budget has led them to uh, to cause surprises uh, my left back is uh, Joshua Berenet from PSV I think he's very very underrated I think he's very strong and uh, he always gives good passes and um, I think he's been uh, I think he's been very important in their title winning season uh, that's my defense my midfield is uh, I said Alec Mas. Johan Bax, who's uh, in fantastic form, he scored uh, I think 18 goals for Arsenal this season. And then comes uh, Hakim Ziyech, who has been tre tremendous. I was at the game uh, when they played Faith of Faith at home on the uh, on the 19th of April, and some of the passes he was spraying was uh, was tremendous. He's been linked with a move away. The latest um, latest reports here in Amsterdam is that Roma are, are very much interested. Uh, then comes for me Van Ginkel. Uh, to be a captain and, and to come back after such a terrible injury at Chelsea to go on to come back to the Netherlands and establish yourself and uh, and then captain aside to uh, win an Eredivisie title it just goes to show how hard he's worked and I've deliberately deployed Lozano as a winger in my formation to get my uh, my two strikers in so uh, Lozano has had a, a tremendous impact since signing for PSV and it's been uh, He's been able to sign and finish um, finish off moves and, and put balls forward and it was a real important player. And then my two strikers, I, I can't agree highly enough with what Mike said regarding Fransol. I think he's come back and he's um, he's just um, been so important to Willem Tver who won again today. And um, it's uh, they're, they're a seasoned Eredivisie side and it just goes to show how much they... Uh, they kind of struggled with uh, Van der Looy trying to get a grip and, and trying to force his way of, uh, of, of going about his business, which they wasn't necessarily receptive with. And then finally, I've chosen uh, Labiat from Utrecht, who, although Utrecht have been very poor form at the minute, scoring important goals in wins for them, for example, in Amsterdam uh, earlier on in the season, and with his free kick um, talents and uh, being a dead ball specialist, I've decided I've decided to put him up front with Franco. Uh, Some really good choices, and um, yeah, again, there's a bit of overlap with with my lineup actually. Uh, I've also gone for Jurgen Zutting goal. He's been terrific for PSV, one of the main reasons they have won the Eredivisie title. I've gone with a different um, sort of different back four. I've definitely gone for Matthijs De Ligt at centre back. He is by far and away the best centre-back in the league, and he's only 18. It's incredible. Um, he partners Schwab in defence, he who plays for PSV, um, along with Zutz, another reason why PSV have won the league this season. I think Schwab's come along quite well, despite being quite an experienced player. 
He's um, really stacked up his game. Um, fullbacks. I've gone for different fullbacks entirely to you guys. Uh, Jonas Svensson, the RZ right back. I think he's been terrific. I, I don't know how you guys can look past him, actually. I know Arias has been a very good player. But um, Svensson has just been so key in Arsenal's build-up play. And they're, they're really dangerous down the right-hand side, linking up with Johan Baksh because of a player like Svensson who can run up and down the touchline all game long, playing passes, crosses. He even scores a goal occasionally. And that's the same reason why I picked uh, Alvejan, um Arzed's left-back uh, in my formation. Because, again, just really key in the build-up play and, and, and a main reason of why Arzed have played so well. Um, and so intricately as well because of these overlapping wingers that just constantly cause havoc. Um, now in midfield, I've gone for Hakim Ziyech. He is the Eredivisie's best player. Um, he's shown that again this season. I think at times his attitude could be a little better, but you can't deny his talent. He's far too good for the league. Um, and he partners Donny van der Beek in midfield. I know that Van Hinkle's been key for PSV, but I just think that van der Beek's has developed a lot more than Van Hinkle. I think Van Hinkle sort of stood still um, over these years at PSV. Um, and despite him scoring some some crucial goals, including, yeah, being a, a penalty taker, Van der Beek just been that, that player to be the real engine room in the Ajax midfield. In front of those two, I've gone for Arzal Altmar's uh, Hus Till. Till's just been terrific. Um, he's dropped off the last few games, but... What what development from last season when he only was only just introduced to the team? He's he's been a great threat in the box, great with his feet, and yeah, yet again another reason why Arsenal played so well. Just another really good midfield player. Um, so on my right wing, I've gone for Ali Reza Yahanbaksh. Um, probably again one of the league's best players. Scored probably the well you know, he's among the top goal scorers in the league isn't he and he's definitely among the top assisters as well for the league um his attitude as well is fantastic i think he he'll go on to have a fantastic world cup for iran uh steven burkhouse i've put on the left wing even though i know he's a, a right winger but it's very hard to actually pick um a very decent left winger in the dutch league i find that there's a lot more uh, right wingers that are on fire this season but i put burkhouse on the left wing because he's left-footed um but again, just Feyenoord's best player this season. Again, a really dangerous player for the league. Goals, assists all over. And yeah, Fransol in attack. You can't look past him. There's there's few of the strikers that have been as consistent as him this season. He's playing in a very poor Villain-Tue side. Bearing in mind all the players in my team play in the top four. Fransol is, is playing for a mid-table team that has struggled a lot with very average players. But he's still scored 20 goals in 35 games in all competitions this season. And as well as as well as well that, he's added five assists. He's got to be picked up by a big team this summer. He's, he's, he must be picked up by an English team, I think. Or a bigger Eredivisie team. Because you can just rely upon him to score loads of goals. And this is coming from a man who's bounced back from having testicular cancer during the season. Just what what a fella to really you know deserve the campaign he's had. Um, for what it's worth... I've got a bench in case anyone was thinking that we missed any players altogether. I, w I picked seven players, but then I realised that in the area of Vizier, it doesn't matter how many substitutes you have. So I've got RZ's Marco Bizzo, the goalkeeper, Santiago Arias and PSV. I put Herving Lozano on the bench. I don't think he deserves to be in the team of the season, despite all his effort and his goals. I think sometimes he can go missing in games. And I also think that he his two red cards have costed 
appears to be crucial points this season, despite them winning the league. Um, David Nelish from Ajax, Bjorn Janssen, the Ardo Den Haag striker, Valt Beckhorst of RZ, Marco van Hinkle's there as well, and I've also got the likes of Micho from RZ, Labiad from Utrecht, Brandy Kuvas from Heracles, and Yasin Ayub from Utrecht. Now, that's our team of the season. I don't know if the listeners agree with that, if they don't agree with that at all. If you want to leave us a comment or shout at us at Twitter, feel free. Um, but how about our managers of the season? Uh, James, would you like to start with your manager of the season? Who's your pick? Yeah, my pick is uh, it's not just because of our interview last uh, last August, but I would choose uh, Molly Stein. I will admit, Faith of Enlo are in poor form, lost again today, losing six of the last seven. But you've got to remember, this is the team that come up from the Europa League last year with the smallest budget in the um, in the entire division. They were written off before ball was even kicked, and uh, they managed to have such a fantastic start with uh, important wins uh, against Sparta and against Twente and against uh, Groningen, and they they really started really really well and. Uh, there was a lot of togetherness in the group. I remember speaking to Molly Stein and he was saying that he wants his players to be able to be open to criticism and he doesn't like people that complain and everybody working together to achieve something. And uh, for the fact that Faith for Faith Enlo have managed to stay up is a, is a credit to him and a credit to how hard all the players, uh, all the players have worked. They're fully deserved. Uh, fully deserved. Um, and they, um, they, they gave Ajax a fright as well in the, uh, okay, they lost 4-1, but uh, went 1-0 up on the 19th of April when I attended the match in Amsterdam. And uh, they've, they've got something about them. It remains to be seen if uh, Maurice Stone will be manager there next year with the rumours circulating about different clubs. But... Uh, Lots of uh, English um, Ipswich fans getting excited and, 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 and asking me on Twitter about this and about that. And uh, my advice to everybody would be, we could, like with everything, you just wait and see. But I uh, I tip my hat to Murray Stein this year. I think he's done uh, a tremendous job. I've gone for PSV's Philip Koku. <clears throat> I think if you look at the way the season started for PSV, they lost a number of key players like David Proper, Jetro Films, Guadado and... The way they went out of Europe against Oziek, who admitted they had never heard of going into the game, and I thought PSV were going to steamroll them. I think they were written off very early. Um, based on last season as well, they had a very poor campaign. And there was a lot of pressure on Koku going into the season, but you look at it now, PSV have won a title easily, and he's just made the club once again a formidable side in the Eredivisie. They don't lose many games. And they grind out wins when you think um, they're going to drop points. The substitutions do well. And I think he's just masterminded it. And he's he's brought himself back from maybe not being seen as a great coach last year. I think after the two tight wins in a row, people may be saying, like, oh, Koku's going to move on to a big club and then that got dented last season. But now he's he's got his name back up there. And I think going into next season, which I think is going to be crucial for him because if he has another campaign where... PSV win a title again and he does well in Europe, then he'll be getting linked with some of the biggest jobs in Europe, I think. I can see where you're coming from with Philip Koku, but he wasn't in my choices to be manager for the season, mainly because he, um, I think his team relied upon a lot of luck this season and Herving Lazzano's goals. Uh, and I think two or three years ago, I definitely would have considered Koku to be manager of the season. But nowadays, I think it's almost expected with the resources he has to try and pull a tie like a bag. Um, Maurice Stein was also a good shout, James. I've also gone for uh, 
two of the choices before I reveal my manager of the season. I thought Dick Avakat, Sparta Atadam, has been fantastic this season, as well as RZ's John van den Blom. But my choice for manager of the season is Excelsior's Mitchell van der Haag. Um, they're mid-table. They are 10th they are this season. Um, but when you look at the resources that the, the squad has, the club, the club is, is tiny. It's got the smallest attendance of, in all their stadiums, in all the Eredivisie stadiums. And um, Van der Haag has not got a lot of exceptional players to work with. I know, James, you picked for Jürgen Matai, the centre-back, to be in your team of the season, but I, in, in all my choices that I wrote down to be considered for the, the lineup, I didn't think of one Excelsior player because there isn't a standout player. Um, so that's why I think Van Hart deserves to earn manage the season. Sticking in Rotterdam, then, um, what do we think will happen with Robin Van Persie this summer? Do we think that he'll stay with Feyenoord? This is a question that was sent in from at uh, Ajax Almaty on Twitter. I hope so. Um, I think if you compare what he's done since he came back to Feyenoord and what Huntelaar has done since he's come back to Ajax, it's, it's night and day. Van Persie's breathed new life into Feyenoord. Um, he's been used in the number 10 position and he's scored goals, he's set up them, he, he was crucial in the cup final win. He just seems to be enjoying his football since he's returned to the Netherlands and he's getting fitness back. Uh, I think it would just be a shame if he was just to call it a, call it a day after six months. I know he's won a trophy for the first time in the Netherlands. Um, he might want to go out on a high, but I think if... His fitness levels are right. He's he's thirty four. I think he can do another one season. Um, keep him in that number ten position. Then yeah, I think he could be a really good player for Feyenoord next season. I hope his head isn't turned by offers from other countries, because I think if Van Bronckhorst wants to build a team around him, he could definitely lead them to a title challenge next season. I agree. I think um, I think he's fully embraced returning to Rotterdam, and I think. Um, I think um, that the club have also fully embraced his return. Uh, a very interesting point from Mike regarding the comparison with Huntelaar, but the only thing I would say in Huntelaar's defence is that Huntelaar received an awful lot of confidence from Marcel Kaiser, and he's not necessarily receiving that from Erik Ten Hag. It's more for Ten Hag to uh, to stamp his own authority on the um, on the on the team. So I think uh, Huntelaar's had to be patient, but I, I fully agree. I think with the right um, players. In the summer, and Van Bronckhorst staying in at final, they could well um, mount a title challenge next season. I mean, they brought very well last summer with uh, St. Just and, uh, and and Habs as well, the former I said left back. So um, there are possibilities for final next season. But it'd be interesting to see uh, if they um, qualify for Europe through the European playoffs. And uh, interesting times ahead. I think speaking of Ajax, we should look at the questions that, that Gareth and Cam are both sent in. They're both very similar ones. Can Ajax retain the players necessary to challenge for the title next year? And um, also, Cam is asking more about will more or less than um, three Ajax players be leaving this summer for €10 million Euros or more? Are the Ajax players um, perhaps worth this much money? And do we think many of these players are going to leave? I don't think as many players will leave as what people are making out. I saw... Um... The Daily Telegraph's Sam Wallace uh, tweet that um, City scouts were after Matthias de Ligt, to which I replied that he's not leaving Amsterdam this summer. And I put forward my interview with a Manchester City player who is playing for, um, or who will be playing for Manchester City next summer, Philip Sandler. 
Um, I think with the ages of Kluivert and De Ligt and uh, Flinke de Jong and Donny van der Beek, they would be very wise to uh, to stay in Amsterdam for at least another season or two. I will admit that um, I think that um, I think that Hakim Ziyech will leave. I think in the past he's turned down uh, Sampdoria when he was famously at FC Twente and uh, that didn't necessarily come to fruition. But I think uh, rumours circulating here that Roma are interested in, in securing his services ahead of the new season. And uh, he's received a lot of unfair criticism uh, from Ajax fans. And uh, it was very strange in the game against Venlo where it appeared that pockets of the stadium were uh, were going out of their way to uh, to cheer him and to make make him feel as if he was loved. Because when uh, after the um, when they lost in Eindhoven, the bus returned to Amsterdam and it was attacked, and he was attacked by uh, by Ajax supporters who uh, who couldn't um, accept the. Um, the failure of not winning a title for the first time in four years and chose to use him as a scapegoat. But I think in terms of his footballing ability, I think he'll want to push on. So uh, I think the very, very young players will stay, but I would not be surprised if uh, if Hakim Ziyech left uh, and I believe that he will go to Syria. Yeah, what a shame that Ziyech had all this uh, poor reception from the Ajax fans because he has still shown that he is one of the league's best players and I can't believe that the fans almost think that that he can do even more, even 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 better for the team. It's really harsh criticism that's come in for him. Um, but yeah, no, Ajax do stand to lose Amon Yunus this summer, but it will be for free. Um, I would have thought, yep, Ziyech would have would be moving. Um, and then it gets a bit unclear from there because you still got the likes of Andre Nana who wants to leave, and you are Veltman, but Veltman's going to be injured for pre-season, so it's unlikely he'll be moving on. And then you get into the unknown. Do the players such as De Ligt, Van der Beek, Neres, do they all want to leave too? Now that and, and now that they um, have had some experience in the Eredivisie, or should they stay? Because these players still have much to learn. They mu they must stay, uh, Michael. They must stay. They're very very young, and um, also in the case of Matthias De Ligt in particular. When you hear him speak in pre-match interviews and post-match interviews, you wouldn't think he's the, the age he is. He speaks in such a mature way and in such a clear and concise manner that they're very, very young. And to go abroad at such a young age would, would be a shame because if they was to lose their way or not be guided in the correct sense, then things could unravel very quickly. And uh, they would be wise to, uh, to stay and, and, and have another season or two here. And then and build from uh, and build from there. I mean, the general consensus of, of Ajax um, supporters here in Amsterdam since PSV have won the title is that they wouldn't have been much further away from winning the title if they if they'd have kept Marcel Kaiser as manager. I've spoken to some Ajax fans that said they uh, don't understand why the managerial change happened and if they would have kept uh, Marcel Kaiser, they may well have uh, pushed. Okay, they might not have eclipsed. PSV Eindhoven, but they might have um, they might have uh, come in touching distance, perhaps. Yeah, James, I see your point about Matthijs De Ligt, but when you've got someone offering you, I, I I know there's always the opinion that you know if you're if you're that good that you'll never be forgotten by a big club, but if you're Matthijs De Ligt and someone's coming for you with big money, promising big things for you, such as Barcelona, he could potentially walk into their their their, their starting eleven. Judging by the way he's played during this season, especially for the Dutch national team, do you not think he's ready then? No, I don't necessarily believe in the case of Barcelona, but they will put into practice what they tell him. 
that, that's my personal opinion. I mean, if you look at Sillerson, Sillerson had a wobbly time in the in his last season in Amsterdam where he was very sloppy, conceding very, very strange goals and went on to secure a move to become Barcelona's second choice goalkeeper. Um, I can only draw the comparison, uh, fellas, with Philip Sander, who I've spoken to myself, who told me that when um, when he received approaches from... Uh, from Manchester City in the first instance he thought they were only keeping tabs on him he did he never thought that because he, he said to me himself you don't think that you're going to go from Pex Waller to Manchester City it just does just doesn't happen and then when uh, Manchester City came to Amsterdam to speak to him and his agents they really sold the club to him and I think in his case with um with Pex Waller he did have opportunities to go to other clubs in the Netherlands he, he admitted that to me but um, I think the the temptation was was just too much. But I think in the case of De Ligt, I think if it is Barcelona, you know you have to remember as well that in his case, I I would find it such a massive shame if De Ligt is only involved in maybe Copa del Rey games or or Champions League dead rubbers perhaps. I I, I could not see as well as well as as deserved it would as it would be. I couldn't see. Matthias de Ligt, if he signed for Barcelona, starting in El Clasico. I, I couldn't see him starting um, against the Valencia or against an Atletico Madrid in the Wanda Metropolitano. It would be fantastic, but uh, for me, it, I, it's not. I don't think he's good enough because he quite clearly is. And having seen him play first-hand this season, I, I can back that up. It's just I'm not sure that if the big, big, big clubs come, come calling, that they'll put into practice... Um, on the field in terms of picking him and letting him play what they would tell him to entice him I think the worry for when Delict for Delict is the fact that it's not just going to be one club it's going to be three or four that want him in the summer and that's going to push the price up and I think if it gets to the 50 millions that the English media are talking about or if it goes up to 60, 70 millions Ajax can't turn that down they say they can, but I don't think they can. And I think Delict's going to go. I've got a suspicion that he's going to go this summer. And even more worryingly, I think Justin Clivert's going to go. Um, just the way he's talking to the media right now doesn't scream to me that he's staying. Um, he's saying stuff like, I wouldn't be worried, but um, we'll see if I'm at Ajax next season. I think he's going to wait to see what offers come in. And I think it's going to be the same for an another couple of players as well, I think. There's a bit of chaos behind the scenes at Ajax right now, at board level um, and maybe at management level where some players will have their heads turned. I think Onana and Ziyech are both big personalities in that dressing room. And if they want out, I think that will creep into some other young talents and they might want to leave as well. Um, I think Onana's definitely gone if a club comes in. Ziyech's going to go. Dolberg wanted to leave last summer and he didn't get the move. If another club comes in for him, I know he's been injured this season, but if another club wants him, then he might go. And I think DeWitt's going to get monumental offers this summer, and I think it's going to be hard for Ajax to keep him. And Clivert's going to go. So on a, I think another couple of clubs might come in for Neres, but I think he might stay. I think Frankie de Jong and Donny van de Beek will stay. And then it's all about how Ajax go about um, replacing these players. They've got young talents coming through. I mean, young Ajax have just won the, the Erste Divisie. They've got Kai Seer, who's coming through, Cassiera scoring goals for fun, Iting. They've got the talents coming through. Um, it's just they're going to have 
big, big offers that they need to try and turn down this summer. I don't think they can. Mike, can I just ask, uh, where, where do you think the lift will go? Um, I mean, the rumours around Tottenham right now that if Odorweld leaves them to, to another club, then they'll look to offer 50, 60 million. I think that'll be a good stepping stone. I think Barcelona, I think you're right. If Barcelona sign him, he becomes third, fourth choice there. But I think Tottenham, they've got Vertonghen, they've got Sanchez. I think if you put Sanchez and Delict together again, that's a partnership that's already worked. I think that'll be, be good for him because he'll be in a big league with somebody who already knows how he plays. So that's less likely to make mistakes. I think Tottenham would be a good step to then go to Barcelona. I think going straight from Ajax to Barcelona might be a bit too much right now. I think the the opinion James had on Delict not starting El Clasico if he played for Barcelona. Don't forget that Delict marshaled Ronaldo really well when he played um, against Portugal. Oh, I'm not. I'm. I'm not dispute. I'm not disputing that at all. I'm not disputing that he's not good enough to play. I just think that the way the club is. And the pressure involved at that club that I don't think that a manager such as Balbelade or if they replace their manager in the summer, I don't think that he's going to choose De Ligt to start in such a, a high-powered game. And uh, my advice for De Ligt would be to stay in Amsterdam for one or two years and assess all your options and then make and then make the right choice. He doesn't have to run before he can walk. If he uh, if he makes the right choices, he could go down as one of the... Uh, if he makes the right choices in future, he could definitely go down as one of the best centre-backs the country will have ever produced. Obviously, that's long-term, but he must uh, he must make the right decision. But he, as I say, he appears to be a very level-headed young man, especially in the way he speaks. I find it very impressive. And yeah, I think he's got good people behind him, so um, should be an interesting summer ahead. Absolutely. I think, you know, the conversation we've had about Delict is just shows that he is going to be one of the, the best players that the Nevins has produced in a while. Um, we must make one last comment about Ajax before we move on, I think. Um, another question about David Neresh. Now, do you think that he has the potential to become a striker, uh, considering that at the moment he's a right winger? And I think sometimes fans have noticed that he's a little bit predictable and if he's playing against some of the biggest teams, and I think you know, the Europa League final against Manchester United showed this, that sometimes David Neves can look a bit predictable and a bit obvious playing on the right wing, what he's going to do. So what do you guys think, considering you've got the likes of Memphis Depay, Julius Mertens, they're both becoming um, strikers? I think it is possible, but I don't think that Erik Den Haag is, is looking at that. I think the, these types of uh, development questions, I think uh, Nides is likely to get more luck out of the current Brazilian manager Tite than Eric Ten Hag. I found it very impressive the way that Tite, uh, the Brazilian national team coach, has said that uh, the majority of his places for the Brazil World Cup squad are um, have been defined. But if a Brazilian player, regardless of what league he's playing in, uh, shows his worth and, and, and shows enough fight and skill, then he's more than welcome to... Uh, to be brought into his squad, I think that gives uh, that gives many Brazilian players a massive incentive. I watched uh, Nieres uh, when he played against uh, Fenlo on the 19th of April, and he scored uh, scored an absolutely fantastic volley. And uh, Ala Raul in the uh, Champions League final in uh, in 2000, which I thought was, uh, was tremendous. Okay, it was a bit from closer range, but uh, absolutely tremendous. And um, yeah, I think um, I think there is possibilities for him there, but. 
in his, at his current club, I don't think the manager he has is looking to use him in that manner, unfortunately. Yeah, I think if you look at what's happening with Memphis and Leon and how he's exploded um, since moving centrally, you could say that it's an option for Neres going forward, just like it's an option for Bergwijn at PSV. Um, it'd be interesting to see, but I think Ajax is not going to get the opportunity because they have so many central strikers coming through at the minute. You know, you've got Doberg Huntelaar right now, then you've got Cassier behind them, then you've got Sierhus, and you've even got a couple in the under-19s, under-17s that are coming through now. So I don't think he's actually going to get the opportunity, unless it is for his, for his country. Last question we received this week was from Jordan, and he asked, uh, can, can we talk about the transfer rumours, you know, the ins and the outs of the, the traditional big three in the Netherlands? So, uh, where should we start? We've talked more about Ajax and who's going to be coming and going from there. I think final is going to be an interesting mix of players such as Jorgensen, Vilhena, players that maybe could have moved last summer but stayed for Champions League football, players like these could be moving on. But how about PSV? Um, what do we think about uh, the ins and the outs there? And is Marcel Brands going to have an impact on that as well, considering his future with PSV? First and foremost, I've been receiving an awful lot of comments from Everton fans on my Twitter feed regarding uh, regarding when I made it quite clear that there's no um, news this end about a potential move. There's no quotes been uh, uh, come to fruition. There's no there's nothing been released, and uh, Everton fans appear to have um, ran with the quotes um, from the Daily Mirror from a, a cropped interview from a couple of weeks ago and uh, taking that as gospel which is uh, a little bit disappointing but obviously everybody's different and you have to respect people's uh, people's opinions but as uh, someone who's been writing for Football Alanya for nigh on three years and, and we work together and it's all a massive team effort there's absolutely nothing concrete from this end that he's going to leave for Everton my personal opinion all the way along has been that he won't uh, one confusing thing is that Everton fans believe that he's just a transfer guru and that he's going to replace Steve Walsh. But the fact remains he's not just the transfer guru, he's the man who makes PSV tick behind the scenes. Not just in terms of transfers but also in terms of uh, player contracts and being the link between the backroom staff and board level. He's the one that goes between the two making sure that all areas are calm, that everybody's working together. And this is the same job he did at Isaac Alakmar and he does this in an absolutely fantastic way. PSV have been quite clear from the off that they know themselves that if Marcel Brands does not want to leave PSV then he will quite simply say no. And with the greatest respect to Everton I cannot see Marcel Brands leaving PSV to go to Everton. I think what he would like is he would like a, a club maybe uh, in Germany perhaps who's, who's uh, well established or uh, a bigger team in the Premier League to, to inquire about his services before um, before he uh, takes the role and you've got to remember as well is that when he was signed from Isaac Alakmar to PSV Eindhoven to get this job there was a lot of question marks surrounding him and when he first arrived people were like well you know has a good reputation but is he is he big enough and experienced and good enough for PSV and he's uh, he's proved all those people wrong so so my personal opinion in that front is that he won't sign for Everton we'll just have to wait and see and I would like to um, let Everton fans know that uh, if there's anything uh, 
that's released from this end that uh, I will do my best in football and you will do our best to make sure that the correct quotes come online and uh, so, that every, so that it's clear for everybody. So James, who do you think that Brands will, if he, if you say he does stay, then who do you think he's going to be looking to keep this summer at PSV and who do you think he's going to end up resigning to leaving? Um, I think he'll look to uh, keep uh, Van Ginkel. I think he'll look to keep uh, Brunet. I, I think uh, Brunet. I think um, I think in the case of Jeroen Soot, he has to be very careful in terms of the club which uh, which comes in for him. In the past, he's been linked with uh, potential suitors such as Benfica and even Crystal Palace. Um, but uh, he just has to choose very carefully. I think uh, Luke de Jong may well uh, may well be on on his way. I think they will assess properly the squad that they have and um, Arias I think will be on his way. I think he's, he's been a great servant to PSV but I think the club understand that he's been he's given as much as he can for the club and that if a good transfer to a, a, foreign, a foreign club, a Spanish club or an Italian club, something that he would like then uh, they definitely wouldn't stand in his way but um, yeah I think uh, PSV will look to uh, become even stronger. And it'd be interesting to see what um, Philip Koku does as well. I advocated on one of our very early pods uh, together when we started this season that I believed that this would be his last season. And funnily enough, I still believe that. I um, I don't know if he would look to think that, you know, three titles in four years, am I at the top? Can I, can I, uh, can I bow out at the top? Or will uh, another club come in for him? So I think that Koku may well leave. So I think... Uh, that um, PSV not only attracting uh, players, but I think uh, I think they may look for a new manager because I think Koku will look at it and think this is the third title in four years uh, I, that he wants to bow out at the top. So, but that that's my own personal opinion. So we'll we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I think um, the latest on Brands was in the de- uh, the Telegraph this week, where they said that he'll make a decision within a week. Um, so I need to see what he does this week, but. I think there has to be something in it for the fact that he's not just come out and said, I'm not going to go. I think if he wanted to turn everything down, he would have done it by now. Um, and even the report in the Telegraph says that the English sources that they have are very confident that he's going to take over everything. I think he's very much considering this offer. Um, and it's at a stage now where I wouldn't be surprised if he does go. Uh, he's waited too long just to turn it down, I think. And yeah, you can see that he might just be being nice to everything and he doesn't want to just turn it down because it's an opportunity. But that's what I think. That's what I think, Mike. I think with the greatest respect, he's just being nice because he knows that if he's too, in my opinion, if he's perhaps too aggressive in turning it down on the spot, that it may give, uh, it may give other clubs the impression in the future that should they approach him, that they think, oh, well, he, he turned Everton down on the spot. Maybe he won't give us the time of day, or maybe he's. I think he's being respectful and edging his bets. We'll see this week, but I think there's other cases as well with Everton that they have a very rich owner um, at the moment, and I think Brands, if he does take the job, will want assurances that Sam Allardyce won't be there after the season, and he want assurances that he has full control over everything. I think if he is offered that, and he's offered a lot of money by the Everton owner to, to sign players. I think it'll be very tempting. Um, if he does decide to go, um, it's a big blow for PSV. Um, I think they will lose Luke de Jong this summer. Um, Van Hingel's going to be difficult to get him back because I think he's done what he needs to do at PSV. 
I think he's coming back for a season where he's now he might be given a chance at Chelsea, but I think there's other clubs around Europe that will want him. I think he might try and head to the Bundesliga or back to Serie A. Um, I think he'll try and decide to go elsewhere. I think he's done enough at PSV. Arias wants away, Zoot wants away. And judging on the World Cup, we'll see how Ozano does, because if he has a good World Cup, I think a big club will come in for him as well. Um, it's a big rebuilding job, and we'll just need to wait, because uh, this week will be the news that Brands comes in, so we'll see by the end of this week. Um, they have a lot of youngsters coming through. I want Koku to give advice to Daniel Malin, who they got from Arsenal in January. Um, Cody Gapko, our winger, and they've got Sam Lammers as well. So it's just going to be interesting to see what they do this summer. If they need to get a new technical director and that will slow everything down. Shall we now talk about the Dutch under-17s? So the Euro 2018 tournament is in May and they're in a group with Germany, Spain and Serbia. Um, there are some really good games coming up. The first one against Germany should give us a good opportunity to see the likes of Chelsea's Deutschland Red Arm. Um, you know, you've got some Ajax super talents in there as well. There's, there's plenty to look forward to. Um, Michael, I, d I just wondered if you would like to give your opinion on the tournament and how do you think the Dutch under-17s will get on? I think um, this under-17 crop is, is very talented. Um, I'm a bit disappointed that a certain couple of players haven't been picked and I've criticised the, the coaching levels at youth level in the past for making some strange decisions. Um, you know, you've got couple of Ajax players, Ryan Gravenberch for one, um, and Nachi Univar, he's only, he's only 15, but what he's doing right now for Ajax's under-19s makes him one of Europe's biggest talents, in my opinion. I'm surprised that he's not there. I think they've gone with the players that have got them to the tournament, but not necessarily the best talents at this age level. Um, but it's still packed with a number of players that are going to do well. Ray Dan's the superstar. Um, I think if he stays fit throughout the tournament, he's going to score goals that can get Nervons to the final and even win it. Then you've got, you know, Brian Brobby. He's another striker. He's he's big for his age. He's he's fast. He's powerful. Um, he's not a typical Dutch striker. He's very he uses strength for it. Um, then in midfield you've got Kenzo Goodmine. He's already, you know, a first. He's banging on the first team door. He's already made his first team debut in a friendly earlier this season. He's a regular at Young AZ. He's super talented, number 10. Um, he's been compared to maybe Woosley to Wesley Schneider. Um, obviously, he's still very young. And, you know, you've got another few. William Van Gelderen is a very good centre-back. He's at Ajax. Somerville, the Feyenoord winger, is very exciting. Along with a hatter in PSV. I mean, it's a talented group who eased through qualifying for this tournament. But I just need to hope that the group's not just a bit too tough. You've got some tough nations in there. I think they've got a horrible draw, but um, I'm confident that they can definitely make it through to the, the knockout stages and then I'll see you from there. Yeah, it's a really tough group, but I think the, the German and the Spanish and the 17s aren't quite as strong as we, we all think they are. I think this, this Dutch group of players is very talented. Maybe the defence is the weakest part of it, if you like. But there's some very fine midfielders and forwards, especially strikers in this squad. Um, you've also got the Timber Brothers as well to add to those list of players that you just said there, Michael. Um, yeah, the, I, I think that this team can get very far. And, and I think it's 
it's going to be terrific to see how they get on, especially Dershwan Redan, um, and it's a matter of time as well before he's in maybe the Dutch under-21s, and he could even get a loan spell uh, for a you know, first team, professional team, next season. Finally on that, we're uh, at Football and Andy, we're hoping to be at the tournament and hoping to see some of the players and see how they get on. So plenty to look forward to on that front. Now, I think to finish off this week's podcast... Should we discuss a little bit about the promotion relegation playoffs that's happening between the Eredivisie and the Erste Divisie? It's pretty much tied up now who's playing who, but it's always really complicated as for the tree. Um, as, as opposed to picking uh, you know, all the fixtures that are going to happen, I just wondered if we get, James Michael, your opinions on who do you think the favourites are to come up this season or to stay in the Eredivisie? Yeah, it should be very interesting. Um, first and foremost, congratulations to Fortuna Sittard uh, to um, gain promotion back to the Eredivisie after a 16-year absence. Very impressive of young Ajax as well to win the Eerste Divisie. Uh, unexpected and uh, fantastic uh, by Michael Reisiger to, uh, to have such a young group go on to win a very, very important title. Uh, in terms of the playoffs, my hunch is... Almeida City with a manager Jack de Geer they've had uh, difficulty in the playoffs in the past where they've nearly nearly got there nearly got through to the final game nearly nearly broke through if I had to choose maybe two teams that I think um, may well come quite far in the playoffs this season although there's a long way to go I think that uh, Almeida City and Cambu Leovarden may well reach the final games and uh, have an opportunity to uh, play Eredivisie football next season. For me, um, you know, Roda DC and Sparta will go into it as the favourites, I think, to stay up. Um, you know, the one that I can see challenging them and the team that I want to see in the Eredivisie next season is NAC Nijmegen. Um, They've got so many young, talented players that I want to see in the top fight, like Ferdi Kadioglu and Grunewald, the, the winger who's, who scored 2-2 two two for Netherlands under-21s. Um, you know, they were favourites throughout the whole season to win the Erste Divisie until they changed manager. Uh, Pepin Linders, the old Liverpool coach, came in and since then their form's dipped and it's even to the stage now where fans want Linders to go. Um, which is a bit shock considering how highly rated he was at Liverpool. This was his big chance. I don't think he's really took it. But if he can get NAC back to Eredivisie, that might ease the pressure on him. Um, I think they've got probably the best group of players going into the playoffs from the Erste Divisie to, to challenge. Um, but I agree, I would, I'd like to see Almira City. And I always like to see a new name um, come up every few few years for Tunis Sittard will get next season. But I think um, Roda JC have hit the form uh, right now. And Sparta Rotterdam have Dick Advocate, and that makes them two the favourites for me. Absolutely. Uh, my opinion is that I think NEC Nijmegen are going to miss out on promotion. The, the choice to change manager was the wrong one, and it's cost them dearly. Uh, but yes, I do agree that they have the best squad of players possibly in the whole of the Dutch second tier. But when they come up against Aroda Yese or um, Sparta Rotterdam, they have got slightly better players. Roda are back with Danny Shahin and Danis Avdijay in, in attack. These two players have just started to click with each other and it's really working for them. Let's see what happens though, because it's one of those where, even though he's over two legs, it's so difficult to call. 
But I think at the moment it could be that we only have Tupacini Sitar as the new name in the Eredivisie next season. So we, we, we're going to have a nice new name for Tunis Sittard, but of course we are losing FC Twente, one of the Netherlands' biggest, finest clubs, won the Eredivisie in 2010, but eight years later now they're, they're relegated. It's a complete shock, isn't it? And th this failure after failure at the club, uh, sacking managers and what have you. Um, Michael, what do you make of the situation and just, just, just how, how unlikely was this to happen at the start of the season? I think looking at the club and the way it's run, this has been coming for for a couple of years. I mean, since they won the title, they spent too much money out of their means. They now went bankrupt, and it's only been I think a matter of time before they got themselves into trouble. Um, looking at the squad, they should have had a good enough team to keep them up, and they invested some in some good players in January, like Adam Meyer. Um, the way I see it is their midfield's very good. They have an okay goalkeeper, but in the summer they invested in Tom Bohr as a striker. Um, he scored a lot of goals last season in the Erste Divisie and it just hasn't worked. And after that they've got no backup um, and they've struggled defensively. The club's just a shambles at the moment. I think going into the final game of the season, they, they wanted, all their players were talking about how they didn't want to go down and they, they wanted to fight. And then they go to Vitesse, who have not been in that great form recently and get bumped 5 now. Like defensively they are absolute shambles. They're not going to go bankrupt, their owners are saying, but it's it's hard to see how they're going to keep the players that are on the wages that they are and mount a challenge to get back next season. I think I think personally that we won't see them back in their division for another couple of years because I think they're going to sell a lot of players this season. They're going to struggle next year and it's going to take them a few years to get back to even challenging for an Eredivisie place. It's a shock because they're champions so, you know, only eight years ago, but it just shows you what happens when a club spends spends too much money that they don't have. James, Michael, thanks. 